A reading from John 7. At that point, some of the people of Jerusalem began to ask, Isn't this the man they are trying to kill? Here he is, speaking publicly, and they are not saying a word to him. Have the authorities really concluded that he is the Messiah? But we know where this man is from. When the Messiah comes, no one will know where he is from. Then Jesus, still teaching in the temple courts, cried out, Yes, you know me, and you know where I am from. I am not here on my own authority, but he who sent me is true. You do not know him, but I know him because I am from him and he sent me. At this they tried to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. Still, many in the crowd believed in him, and they said, when the Messiah comes, will he perform more signs than this man? The Pharisees heard the crowd whispering such things about him. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees sent temple cards to arrest him. But Jesus said, I am with you for only a short time. And then I am going to the one who sent me. You will look for me, but you will not find me. And where I am, you cannot come. The Jews said to one another, Where did this man intend to go? That we cannot find him. Will he go where our people live scattered among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What did he mean when he said, You will look for me, but you will not find me? And where I am, you cannot come. On the last and the greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, rivers of flowing water will flow from within them. Thank you, Shelley. So, last week, for those of you that weren't here, I was uh, saying that the, the end point of the spiritual journey, the end point of the spiritual journey is not resting on a mat in a cave. The end point of the spiritual journey is service. The reason that we meditate, the reason that we study scripture, the reason that we attempt union with reality is to find our place of service. And if, you've, if you feel that you've not yet found your place of service, then it's back to the mat or the cushion. And if you feel that you're enlightened and you've not been drawn into service, then it's back to the mat or the cushion because it's your ego that thinks it's enlightened rather than a real connection with the essence of all things. I also said that here at the chapel, we want to be able to engage with service in a more meaningful way. And as we move into our 50th year, I think really this should be at the forefront of our minds. How do we as individuals, all of us, deepen our practice 
and our experience of life so that we truly connect with the divine and therefore become driven into the area of service that we were born to contribute to. How do we collectively experience our place as a community and therefore enable ourselves to serve in our own unique way? I think those are the questions that we need to be asking this year. And I feel that it's really not enough just to get powerful speakers and experts, you know, to come here and tell us what to do. You know, most of us have heard them and other people can only get us so far. And so as a result, this year in our adult educational programs, we'd like to focus on the idea of a continuum of growth that all people who are touched by the chapel can participate in. You know, we see ourselves as a a community committed to personal transformation through practice. And we want to give people chances of actually putting that into action. So that we want to really cultivate, cultivate our own inner wisdom rather than relying on other people to tell us what to do. Each of us has our own inner wisdom, our own understanding of what the right thing to do for us is. And therefore, we want to create here at the chapel a holistic continuum of learning that will enable us all to become more conscious human beings, and that will reflect in our actions. And I think, you know, we want to be accountable to each other for that. I want to be accountable for that, that I am going to deepen my practice, that I'm going to deepen. So today is Epiphany Sunday. It's the celebration of the revelation of Christ to the Gentiles. You know, the, the kings represent the Gentiles. So this, today is the celebration of Christ's revelation to the Gentiles, specifically with the three wise men. Also, an Epiphany is something that we all want. An epiphany. It, the, the, the definition of an epiphany is, is a sudden intuitive perception or insight into the deep reality initiated by some simple, homely or commonplace occurrence or experience. So an epiphany is a sudden intuitive perceptional insight into the deep reality initiated by some simple, homely or commonplace occurrence or experience. And the origin of the word in Middle English is from the Greek word which means to reveal. So really that epiphany is something revealing. is Ah, that's, that's an epiphany. But also the, re- the reason this is called epiphany is because Jesus was revealed to the Gentiles. When we have an epiphany, something is revealed to us. Often, it's a vision of what we might achieve. The kings saw a star, and they worked out what it meant. The story of the three wise men is a classic story of an epiphany. You know, they step out of their comfort zones and into the wild world for the sake of what they've understood. Something is revealed to them and they respond. And interestingly enough, the shepherds also had an epiphany. Having seen the heavenly host, they left their sheep and journeyed to Bethlehem to find the Christ. You know, taken together, the stories are interesting because 
they sh- show two different extremes in the search for God. Now, I don't, I don't want to be shepherdist here, but the shepherds were probably uneducated peasants, and yet they found their way to God simply by recognizing presence when they came across it. They, they saw something and they acted upon it. And the wise men were wise. You know, they found God through investigation and through the distillation of wisdom. You know, through astrology, dream work, science, mapping, man management. They needed all of it to navigate their way to and from the stable, even having to avoid Herod's craftiness along the way. So, you know, theirs was a, you know, they really had to have that wisdom there for them. All of which shows that there are many completely different ways to finding God, to having that connection with the epiphany, with, with, with the divine, to having an epiphany. And each of us, each of us has our own way that is equally valid. Which is why, you know, I'm beside myself when people say there is only one way and unless you follow it, you won't get there. It's just patently not true. Each of us has our own, we've all lived our lives, we've only got our own relationships, we, we have our own ways. Sometimes it's useful to use some of these great big ways that people have laid out, but, but we've got to find our own way. You know, this story of Jesus has everybody there, the kings, the shepherds, even animals, and they all got there through different ways. We have to know that each of us has our own unique way of arriving in the presence of God and having our own epiphany. And for all of it, it's different. For all of us, it's different. We just have to do our own thing. And that thing that's within us telling us maybe doesn't conform to the accepted view. What's within us telling us what to do maybe doesn't conform to an accepted view. You know, both the shepherds and the kings would have been considered mad by their peers. The kings, you know, went off on a wild goose chase and the shepherds left their flocks for what? Because they saw angels in the sky that probably wouldn't have played well in the pubs and bars that they frequented if they told them. And so as we look as to how to make that connection with the divine that will enable us to understand our place in the world and therefore our place of service, we really have to begin to look as to what's going to lead us to that. How are we going to be led to that? What's going to enable us to develop our own inner wisdom to lead us to the point of service, whether that be by a star, the wise men, or the heavenly host, or the angel that came to Mary. What epiphany is going to lead us to our own connection with depth? You know, I mentioned some time ago about, you know, in Aspen, I think we, we have got a bit of speaker fatigue going on. And that's really about the tiredness of yet more people pointing the way to the great river. It's over there. It's, this, is, this is how you, you know, this is how you do it. Other people pointing the way, rather than us drinking from that living water that's within all of us. We have that within all of us. 
And, and Jesus said in that reading, he said, streams of living water are within us. And those streams of living water that are within us are the source of wisdom that we seek. You know, that, that which is within us is what we actually seek. It's interesting in that reading, people are trying to work out what is the source of Jesus's authority. You know, how is he getting the wisdom? They try and work it out in the story, you know. Have authorities said he's the Messiah? You know, did the authorities say he's got the wisdom? But we know where he comes from. You know, I am not of my own authority, says Jesus. You know, what about the signs? Are they proof? But all Jesus says about it is that if you're thirsty, come to me to drink. Streams of living water will flow within them. He's really saying that it doesn't matter if others do point the way, or there are signs, you just have to want to find those streams of living water, that wisdom, and it will come to you. And I think, you know, one of the key ways of finding those streams of living water is to do exactly what we did at the beginning of the service. It's to come out of our minds. It is to come into our hearts it is to come into our breath where, you know, when we're there, our mind, uh, uh, we're uncontaminated by the thoughts of our minds that take us off in other directions. And those streams of living water are deep within us and they're in our relationship with presence, with the present moment. They're not something that you can think through. And so to actually reach those streams of living water, you have to go beyond the mind. You have to live the way of the heart. You have to, the wisdom is a wisdom of the heart. And that is different from the cleverness of the mind. You, know, you have to have the cleverness of the mind to actually work out that you need the wisdom of the heart. But the truth of the matter is that the wisdom of the heart is the place that we're trying to get to. It's really about focus and attention. Not someone else validating what we know. And so, you know, we have to ask ourselves about that. Do we have the focus and intention in our lives to be able to reach that wisdom? Are, are, are we really looking for that wisdom? Or, you know, in England we say, are we just dogging along? Are we just, you know, dogging along in our minds, just taking one thing after the next, doing the best we can from one moment to the next? Or, you know, is there really a desire? Do we have the focus and intention to reach for that wisdom? You know, New Year is all about resolutions, most of which don't last. But it is a time to focus our intention. You know, how serious are we about reaching into ourselves and finding that deep wisdom, that living water? If we are serious, then it will come. You know, the three wise men did study the stars and traveled far and wide to get to their epiphany. The shepherds overcame fear and got to Bethlehem. Mary gave up to it. Joseph went with it. Zachariah, who didn't believe Elizabeth would get pregnant with John the Baptist, was struck dumb and could only talk after John the Baptist's birth. For each of us, it'll be different. But we have to have it within our hearts to believe that it's possible, that we can reach an, a, a different wisdom. Whoever believes in me, as scripture said, 
Rivers of living water will flow from within them. That's the promise that we have if we do have due diligence. And you'll know what that due diligence is for you. You know, for me, it's my practice. It's making sure that in my practice, I don't just go through the motions. Because you can just sit there and go through the motions. And you think, well, I'm doing my practice. But you really have to have that intention. We're going to talk about that a bit more next week. That intention to actually go deeper. We have to be able to trust also our own instincts to recognize where we're being guided. And, you know, it'll be different for each of us. You know, looking around, look how different all of us are. All of us with our own stories, our different ways. We really have to trust what we're given. And our task here at the chapel is to think about how we can make a contribution at a level of service. That's, that's really what we want to be worrying about. And if we, if we do so... If we ask that question, the answers will come to us. You know, knock and the door will be open. Ask and you will receive. These epiphanies, though, are not rational. Nor is insight. It's not a rational thing. It's not something you can think yourself into. Albert Einstein famously said, I never had one of my discoveries through the process of rational thinking. I never had one of my discoveries through the process of rational thinking. And in order for us to have this kind of insight, we have to open ourselves to receiving. For that epiphany to come to us, to have the insight into our lives, we have to open ourselves to something that comes out of the blue, out of signs, out of visions, out of dreams, all sorts of ways, operating at the level of the heart. We have to operate the level of the heart. And once that epiphany appears, the next thing we have to do, do you know what we have to do next? We have to take it seriously. We have to act on the path. Imagine, think of all those people in the world who are dreams and visions and didn't act on it. Just let it go. It doesn't mean anything. You know, I'm a great believer that there is a, you know, signs being readily available for us, you know, on the path. But we're not looking, so we don't see. You know, I often think that God comes to us, the divine comes to us in the circumstances of our lives. And so we don't really have to look too hard. Many signs are given to us merely by the fact of living, and yet we often reject them. You know, we try and avoid them. You know, I don't want to have this. I want to get round this. Find a different route through life. That means that I don't have to face this particular issue. Whatever those circumstances that come to us, they are particular to us. And that means something. They've come into our lives for us to deal with and so have an inherent meaning. The circumstances of our life have an inherent meaning, whether or not you consider them to be good or bad. You know, those kings probably weren't looking for the star when they saw it. They just noticed it. They could have ignored it and moved on to something else. But it spoke to them in their lives and they decided to act, going way out on a limb in their lives to pursue something that they recognized as being important. You know, and here we are, 2,000 years, still talking about them, about the decision they made. It's, it was important for them in their lives and it's important to them in his, for us in history. And who says that some of the decisions that we make will not have some impact? Well, of course, we say that. We don't expect to have an impact on history. You know, we don't expect to have people talking about us 2,000 years later. People 
that would have considered in their time things that were insignificant and not having an impact beyond their friends and family, you know, like the shepherds, are now remembered 2,000 years later all over the world. We don't know. I, I talked about a few weeks ago of looking down the telescope. When you look from the, the, down the telescope from the shepherd's end, they're just, you know, mangy old shepherds and with their sheep. And, you know, they didn't think they'd have an impact. But when we look down it from our end, you know, we see the shepherds that arrived at the manger. And who's not to say it's the same for us, that, you know, looking at our lives, it just looks like nothing. But actually, the impact of our lives, we, could, we shouldn't underestimate the impact of the signs we're given and the impact that might follow if we go through with them. As Catherine of Siena said, be who God meant you to be and you'll set the world on fire. Be who God meant you to be and you will set the world on fire. And I love, I've always used that famous quote from Thomas Merton. Thomas Merton said, God utters me like a word containing a partial thought of him. A word will never be able to comprehend the voice that utters it. But if I'm true to the concept that God utters in me, if I'm true to the thought of him that I was meant to embody, I shall be full of his actuality and find him everywhere in myself and find myself nowhere. Being true to what we're supposed to be, fulfilling that potential. Both the shepherds and the king followed those signs in their lives and they have left their mark on history. The same choices and chances are available to us. The journey of our lives is a journey into the divine. It is not a journey towards wealth or family life. It is not a journey towards success or achievement. It is not a journey into what we think of as life. Everything, all of this, all of you is actually on a journey to the divine. The journey is the journey to those streams of living waters. That is the journey of life. That is the point of life. That is the purpose of life, to express yourself out of the deep wisdom rather than the constant yammering. I love that thing which, you know, says that uh, spirituality is like a swimming pool. All the noise comes from the shallow end, which I think is great. <laughs> those shifting sands, you know, those shifting sands that we feel in our life, those circumstances that we feel undermined by, are making us feel unstable because we're relying on the wrong things for stability. We're relying on the wrong things for stability. What we see as solid ground could, in fact, move under our feet at any time. You know, loss of health, loss of money, of relationships, of a family, loss of a house or a home. None of it provides stability. But the call from the divine will lead us to that firm ground. And that's the ground of knowing that will lead us to that living water, to that wisdom. In other words, if I'm true to the thought of him that I was meant to embody, I shall be full of his actuality and find him everywhere in myself. That is, that is solid ground. At that point, you're ready to be who God meant you to be and therefore to set the world on fire. It may feel futile. 
I'm sure those journeys made by the kings and the shepherds felt futile too, but we will then be on a journey that can make a difference if we're in touch with that deep living water. It's not up to us to judge the journey, how important it may or may not be. It's just up to us to live it with commitment and with humility. We're just looking for the wisdom to serve in an appropriate way. Amen. So let's pray. And we really begin our prayers with uh, praying for um, the Scotts family. Brandon Scott has been seriously ill this week at Denver Children's Hospital. We pray for him and Joe and Mandy and Micah as uh, he's getting better, but he's been very ill this week. Pray for Martha Martin, for Sophie Layton, for Sophia Carlon, for Virginia Newton's family on the death of her mother, and we remember the friends and family of, again, of Chris Faison. We also think of Annie Teague at this time. We also think of our, our community here in the valley. We think of those who that we individually know of are in struggling or in trouble, and we just ask your love to be sent to them. Pray for all those who are working, particularly those on ski patrol or working the lifts or all over the different parts up and down the valley. Pray for visitors here and pray for safety and travel as well. Pray for our country, that you will send streams of living water into the hearts of our leaders and enable them to see the compassionate and the true way of living. Pray for those who are in prisons, hospitals, those who are homeless, those struggling. We pray for our world, particularly praying for war zones, people under unjust regimes or circumstances, people living in gangs. We pray for a release, a sense of your living water guiding all of us into your love. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.